Welcome to episode 27 of Manager Mysteries and Mishaps, presented by Quantum Workplace. In this podcast, we explore meaningful and actionable insights to help you become a better manager. I'm Dr. Dan Harris, lead researcher here at Quantum Workplace. In this episode, I'll be conducting an interview about diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion is a huge topic. It's also a hot topic. Seems like it's being talked about now more than ever. I could review the benefits of diversity and inclusion or offer various examples of what it could feel like to not work in a diverse or inclusive environment. I went back and forth on how to best frame this topic, and I figured, you know what, I'll just jump right into the interview. On that note, I interviewed Lisa Roberts, Senior Director of Human Resources and Leader of Diversity and Inclusion at Dell Tech. Among other topics, Lisa talks about what managers can do for diversity and inclusion strategies, as well as what can be done if team members or managers themselves are resistant to diversity and inclusion efforts. It seems like diversity and inclusion initiatives are becoming more common across organizations. So where do people managers fit into those diversity and inclusion tactics and strategies? So diversity inclusion is definitely a hot item right now in in the world. And I think it is mainly because our world continues to change. And so what worked 20 plus years ago is not going to work as our landscape continues to change. From a diversity and inclusion, I think, you know, one of the heart is our people managers because what our people managers say and do and foster that type of environment is key to all the other employees getting on board with diversity and inclusion. And um, as a leader, you have to make sure that you're walking and talking the same message. And you want to make sure as a leader as well that you have a diverse team because as we know, you know, some of the benefits of having a diverse team is you um, foster innovation within an organization. It has high returns on your productivity level. People want to come work for an organization that is diverse and they feel like they are included in where the company is heading. I think one of the other things from a diversity perspective is you have a higher level of engagement with, with employees when you have a more diverse workforce. Um, and so, you know, really from a strategy perspective, the organizations that are trying to be nimble and grow and attract and retain employees are looking to weave in diversity and inclusion as a part of their corporate strategy. It's really going to be continue to be a game changer as organizations continue to grow and change. It's one of those things that's going to set people apart in attracting employees uh, when they're trying to do hire talent across the, the, the world that, you know, our talent is a, a scarce commodity right now. And mm-hmm. with low, low unemployment rates, it's going to be even more important that organizations find something that makes them just a little bit different. So with all those positives of diversity and inclusion, uh, like fostering innovation, higher returns, higher engagement, where do you think that people managers, could be leadership, could be more frontline managers, wherever they might be, just kind of people managers with direct reports, 
How do you think they fit into the flow of ensuring that those diversity inclusion strategies take root, take hold to foster that innovation, increase engagement, and so forth? Well, I think they're at the the center of it, right? Because if you think about our managers have the greatest influence on our employees. And, you know, many studies show oftentimes when people leave, it's not because of the company, it's because of the managers that are managing Mm -hmm. them. And so, you know, one thing that, that we have to keep in mind is if we have leaders who have the thought around working in a diverse and inclusive environment, then that's going to help their team continue to to grow and foster. And, you know, you build those relationships as a leader when you you know and you support where the organization is going. So I think that a lot of it has to do with we can't be successful in any organization until our managers are on, you know, in alignment or on the same team as the company. And so if, if we have an organization or we have a leader who is not thinking, you know, of hiring people that are different, whether it's race, whether it's gender, whether it's ethnicity, we're gonna ha- we're not gonna have that innovation, right? And I think, you know, obviously for myself working in a software company, innovation is pretty important, yeah. and um, it's the only way that we're gonna continue to be able to sell products that mean something to the diverse customers that we have. What do you think managers should do to show their teams that they are supportive of, maybe even committed to diversity and inclusion? Well, I think it starts with recruiting. And so when managers are hiring externally, um, they should think about the interview panels that they are asking to participate. And so, um, you know, making sure that there's a mixture um, to represent the organization but also that people instantly feel like they're included when they come into the organization and that they can they can see themselves working with these individuals. So I think it all starts in the beginning stages. It also starts with how the job descriptions are written and the requisitions to attract candidates. You know, we're very mindful of the words that we're using on the paper. You know, oftentimes if you say, you know, I'm looking for an aggressive person, aggressive typically means male Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you're trying to attract a female um, um, you know they're going to read that word and say "Mm, this is probably not the place for me so uh, you know again I think a lot of it on the front end is looking to see how those requisitions are written to foster that type of candidate that you're trying to to get we also want to make sure from a um, from a development perspective, right, that our leaders are consciously thinking about that they are developing all people and not just the males for management positions. And so you should continuously, as a manager, look at your population. And if you see that your population is lagging in one particular, let's say if it's it's a race, right, that you're going to certain um, areas either of the country or certain schools that really foster that or even thinking about certain um, fraternities or sororities or things that are different that can help you attract something that you don't already have. Um, and so, you know, making sure that leaders are always on the front mind of looking at their team, assessing their team and determining what is going to continue to make my team a well-blended and well-rounded team. And so when managers are thinking about doing that, say, increasing the diversity or the inclusion within their team, 
What should they do if there is, say, pushback toward those strategies and tactics? So if they're getting pushback, we'll say from the other employees, I think they need to educate the importance. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can do that in a training. So saying, you know, take a particular training that helps people understand the environment. So for instance, if you're working in a global organization, some of the things that you might do in the U.S., might not be relevant for other parts of the world. And so making sure that you're looking at your population to say what is needed to make people work closer together and thinking about being conscious of the words that you're using and the phrases that you're using and even simple things of who you ask to go to lunch, right? Because, you know, you've often heard the the phrase from a diversity perspective is about being invited to the party. Mm-hmm. And once you're at the party, it's being included to dance at the party, right? That's that inclusion piece. And now they're even going further about the belonging, right? Coming and being yourself. So, you know, dancing your heart out, however you want to dance um, is that belonging. So from the perspective of really ensuring that um, as a leader, you're conscious of what you have and what you don't have so you can continue to to build that team out in the pockets that you might be lagging. Because again, as we all know, oftentimes if you're being, if you're going to an organization, the first thing you do is you go to their website, you look to see who's represented on their Mm -hmm. executive team. And then you look at yourself and say, do I fit in? And so um, I think it's very key when you are trying to hire externally that you're representing exactly how the organization looks or where you're trying to go. What if the managers themselves are resistant to those diversity inclusion tactics and strategies? What do you think could be done either for potentially within the manager themselves and or leaders could help with those managers? So if we have that, we have a bigger problem to solve. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think a lot of it has to do with um, helping the manager see the benefits of having a diverse uh, workforce. And some of those can be done with trainings. You can also use stats from other teams that are diverse to say, hey, when you have a diverse workforce, this is some of the productivity that you might have or the engagement that you might have, and then compare that to that manager. So you can, again, go back to the benefits of what, why would you want to have this type of workforce? And again, depending on the part of the organization, it will typically help foster sales and revenue. Um, it will help you attract new customers. It will help you retain your employees. So as you start to lay out those benefits for that manager, you almost force them to, to think, why wouldn't I try something different? Mm-hmm. Um, and so training, I think, is one area. But I think also, you know, from an HR perspective, is openly talking to managers to understand what their fear is and helping to try to resolve the obstacles that they might be seeing um, by taking this this step that maybe they're not comfortable with. Um, and so a lot of times, you know, we we are resistant or defensive of change because we're not, we're uncertain of what that's going to bring us. Um, and so trying to help them work through that change that we're trying to evolve. And so I like that analogy that you used earlier of diversity is kind of being invited to the party and then inclusion is about being invited to dance at the party and so there's so much emphasis on often diversity 
whether it be at the kind of hiring recruitment stage or just having a more diverse team, what tips or advice or suggestions would you give for creating a more fully realized inclusivity within teams? Yeah, so from the inclusive perspective, I I think, again, it's being mindful of the things that you're doing to foster the inclusion. You know, so some of the things that you can do from the inclusion perspective is, and we often have, you know, friends and colleagues that we make relationships at work because there's some level of connection, right? And um, sometimes, you know, you, you have these employee resource groups that you develop within the organization. And a lot of times you might not fit into that employee resource group, but you're invited and you see what it's about and you're like, oh, it's not as bad as I thought it was, mm-hmm. right? And so it's about exposing employees to know what else and who else is out in your organization and respecting you know that we are all different but there's a lot of synergies that we have that are similar regardless of our race or our gender or our titles Mm -hmm. and um, I think you know just about the exposing to employees to to know that you know what you might not be like me but we have a lot of things in common. Yeah. And so to kind of, you know, making yourself vulnerable and putting yourself out there is one way that people can feel included in different parts of the organization. Lisa used an analogy that I think summarizes diversity and inclusion quite well. She said it much more succinctly in the interview, but I wanted to elaborate a bit here. Think about an organization like a dance party. Some people get invited, some people don't. In that sense, diversity is about being invited to the party. If you're not inviting certain types or groups of people to attend, then your party, your organization, isn't going to be very diverse. But just because people from a wide range of groups with a wide range of traits are invited to your party doesn't mean they're going to dance. If you're invited to a dance party, but you're told you can't dance with everyone else, or you don't feel comfortable dancing, or you don't feel like you're being given the opportunity to dance, then you're not going to dance. You're not going to feel included. So inclusion is being invited to dance. Finally, there is belongingness, feeling like you belong. This is closely related to diversity and inclusion. In the analogy, feeling a sense of belonging is showing up to the party as you are and dancing how you want to dance. That was a lengthy explanation of an otherwise simple analogy, but it showcases the importance of differences, opportunities to be involved, and feeling like you can be yourself at work. And that's it for this episode. Join me next time on Manager Mysteries and Mishaps, where I'll conduct an interview about handling employee turnover. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe and share with your fellow manager. For more resources to transform the way you manage, check out quantumworkplace.com. Thanks for listening.